Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider Podcast. The opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the independent order of Odd Fellows. Our conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. And now, let's continue the journey. Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Miller. And I'm Billy Sanderson. And welcome to Goatland. Uh, how you doing, Billy? I'm good. I'm good. We're Zooming it. We're Zooming it with you remotely. Yeah, as the cases of COVID are going up in British Columbia, um, I'm finding it, uh, this is something we need to practice. So hopefully the audio works out well. And hope everybody out in Goatland loves uh, hearing us both and can hear us well uh, on two, in two different houses. Yeah, it's really cool. And this past week, uh, we have a few uh, cool things that happened. Uh, the first thing was that we hit 1,000 downloads. Hooray! I'm so proud of us. Oh, we, we worked really hard, didn't we, Josh? Well, you worked really hard, Billy. Um, <laughs> I was along for the ride, but um, I did do a little bit of promotion out in Facebook uh, world, and... Um, I just really appreciate uh, every, all the uh, feedback that we've been getting from people, um, mostly in our own hometown, but uh, in other places as well. Yeah, uh, and, so. and we can see it in the downloads. We, we really saw a big uh, increase after the show we just did with uh, Michael and Lene in California. Uh, did we get more downloads in California? We got some more downloads in California. We also picked up in Ontario and New York, where we had been very soft, statistically speaking. I hope and, only uh, statistically speaking. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the, uh, the other news that kind of comes out of all that is that we received a really cool email from Jeff in Brantford, Ontario. Tell us about it. I will. Jeff uh, is a new Mason, and I guess, you know, people are just going to their podcast services, checking in with Oddfellows, and up comes one of three podcasts. And he connected with ours and wanted to know how he could join Oddfellows. So we had a quick look on the old directory of the Grand Lodge of Ontario, and I gave him three cities near his town. Um, and he's already emailed one of the secretaries to try to connect with them. Do we know if that secretary has uh, returned any correspondence? We don't know yet, which hey, is... Well, that is always the... This is what I'm hearing. You know, mm -hmm. we've, we've, we've heard this a few times that, you know, that's always the part that we have to follow up on. So, so Secretary, Jeff, if you're out there... Yeah, yeah. Secretary of which lodge did he connect with? Cambridge, I believe. Cambridge? Lodge in Cambridge, Ontario. Okay. Uh, if uh, you're out there, please connect with Jeff or respond. And Jeff, we know you're out there because you're now an avid listener of the Modern Goat Rider uh, we'd love to have you call in sometime. So connect with us soon. So we'd like to hear how this, uh, how this is working out. And if there's anything else that we can do to facilitate uh, you connecting with the lodge in your area. 
Yeah. And for everyone who wants to check in with the uh, Goat Rider, uh, you email us at info at moderngoatrider.com. Yeah. Or check out our Facebook page because that's how Jeff connected with us. That's right. Yeah. It's Modern Goat Rider at Facebook. Dot com <laughs> or something. Facebooky thing. You'll find us. You'll yeah. find us. And I guess the last thing I have to bring up is not an email, but it is a correction that occasionally happens in podcasting land. Uh, hosts say some things that, uh, you know, isn't quite perfect or isn't quite right. You're smirking at me because you know what this is all about. And now I get a nod and I'm supposed to correct uh, the last nine episodes where I have pronounced one gentleman's name incorrectly. And it is in fact, brother Scotty H not. Yeah. Spelt a itch is on. So if you think about that way, a itch is on, you'll never spell it wrong, but, and then it's H Yeah. So I'll work on that. Thank you. Well, we have a couple of H in our lodge. So it's good that you can hit that note. Okay. Well, can I call one of them Atchison? No, neither are Atchison. Oh, they're okay. both Atchisons. All right. And they're well, actually related. So, Right, right. So why don't we get to the show, the why we're here. We are uh, lucky to be connecting with a, uh, a sister from Bastion 4 who has moved. And uh, we'll do all the intros when they come on. But uh, their backstory is uh, that um, a transfer occurred from one lodge in Victoria to a lodge in Toronto. And so we have uh, the two people that were involved in that transfer, the member themselves and the, uh, the person they reached out to. So we'll leave the intros to them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm really excited to f- hear about some of the activity that's going on in Ontario, uh, one of our largest province or populated province uh, in Canada. And also uh, the process uh, of transferring because um, you've told me that we never do transfers right <laughs> or we haven't done them. We haven't done them right as per usual. Uh, you know, we are all about good vibes and good feelings and making sure that people connect and all that stuff. But uh, maybe we lack a little bit of the um, details when it comes to proper uh, protocol. Yeah. So going to be a great uh, I'm story. Ha- yeah. I'm excited to hear all about it. So we'll roll into that. Enjoy. Enjoy this one. It's going to be good. Okay, so we're joined now with uh, some guests from the, uh, the Central Canada, the big smoke. Uh, for all of us on the West Coast, uh, we have to talk to them with uh, great esteem and, and uh, gratitude for all the things they do for us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, let me say, I, I mentioned it on the last podcast that um, I actually saw a picture of Ontario last week, and I was so jealous of the crystal clear blue sky with no smoke so the actual big smoke didn't have any smoke (laughs) so we are here with uh shiromi and gene i'm going to get each of them to do their odd fellows bio to start so uh shiromi why don't you start take us away Uh, okay um i i got invited to be a rebecca went to one of their meetings and decided to join after some careful thought um, and then, um, as you had a girl on the Becky from one of, from Re- the Rebecca's, she and I, with a bunch of other people started our own lodge, um, the Columbia, uh, Bastion, um, the Bastion four. Um, so that was kind of my history. Uh, started that five years. I think we just had our fifth year anniversary, but moved here almost three years ago. 
So I was looking for some odd fellowship, reaching out to our next guest, Gene. Hi. <laughs> uh, well, I joined Odd Fellows in uh, November of 2009 after being chased uh, by some members of the local lodge for several years. I used to supply them with uh, meat for a meat roll fundraiser they did. And finally, uh, I broke down and joined. And uh, I guess I'm one of those people that likes to get involved. And uh, within, um, I guess, uh, seven years of joining, I was Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Ontario. And I, don't ask me how I did that, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and what lodge are you guys currently members of then? I'm looking for a lodge. Oh, okay. So, Gene, what lodge are you a member of right now? My my home lodge is Maple Leaf Lodge Number Fifty Seven, who celebrated their hundred and fiftieth anniversary this year. And I'm an associate member of the Cambridge Lodge in Cambridge, Ontario, and also the Aurora Lodge in Aurora, Ontario. And the Maple Leaf Lodge is in Toronto. Orangeville. Orangeville. And Shiromi, so you haven't joined another lodge yet? No, I've been looking. Okay. Um, and so I actually, there was some sort of Oddfellow post through um, one of our Oddfellow groups on Facebook. And Gene responded, and I noticed that he was from Ontario. And so then I reached out to Gene, and he said, yeah, there's a couple lodges that you might be interested in. Uh, but I'll tell you about this one lodge, and I don't know if you're going to like it or not, but like, go check it out. So I did. Uh, this was just pre-COVID. I've been looking for a long time. I reached out to a couple of different lodges. No one returned my call. So I went to the Etobicoke uh, branch. There was six active members in a tiny little church, uh, two prospects, um, and they couldn't. They couldn't. There, there wasn't anything to do, but because there wasn't enough lodge members to pass stuff. So um, I, I was just. I just observed. And did you go to any other uh, meetings in any other lodges? No, no, because I th then then all COVID hit. So so right. Jean reached out to me. I think, what was it? Just before your trip to Mexico, Jean? Yeah, would have been would have been late in um, twenty nineteen. Yeah, and so so then by getting together and um, talking to the Etobicoke branch, which is in Toronto. That's when um, I went to the lodge and obviously very happy that I was, a, that I wanted to come. And they were kind of quite shy, not shy, but kind of disappointed with how many people showed up. And there was a lot of um, active members that couldn't even get to the actual um, meetings because they had, they were seniors or had some sort of disabilities and couldn't make the meetings. So I guess our question now is um, how active is um, the other lodges that you're a member of, Gene, uh, in Ontario? Obviously, it sounds like the Etobicoke uh, Lodge is not very active. Well, Etobicoke, uh, that's why I said to Sharoni to uh, check it out because uh, I know it's an older group in there and um, I don't didn't know how active they were or weren't. I, uh, I, I'm a member, as I said, of three lodges of um, Cambridge, Orangeville, and um, Aurora. Now, my home lodge, when I first joined it, was very active. We'd, have, we'd get 28 to 30 people out per meeting, but that was in 2009. Unfortunately, 
like most Oddfellow Lodges in Ontario, we have an aging population. And um, in their boom days, they sat on their laurels and didn't keep recruiting members. And this is something that I, uh, as when I was Grand Master, I said, like, really, we've got nobody to blame but ourselves because we haven't gone after people. You know, when we had standing room only, we took it for granted. Now um, everybody's dying. You can't fill all the seats. And uh, my lodge, we used to have everything, including scene supporters, but now, you know, it's, uh, we, we get about 12 members out per meeting, which is not bad out of our 17. We're down to 17 members. Um, now, the Cambridge Lodge, um, they've got about 10 members, but once again, it's an older group. Um, more of them are over 65 than under 65. So, you know, I have my reservations about how long that lodge will last. And Aurora Lodge did a complete turnaround. I joined it as an associate member about seven years ago to help them maintain their um, quorum when they had meetings. And they had an open house with the local chamber of commerce. And at that time, as I was the district deputy grand master. So I attended and my district deputy grand warden attended. And they've increased their membership by I'm going to say 20 members in the last three years and they are um, a younger lodge uh, they've got like they've got uh, a lot of members of the local businesses and uh, very involved in the community and I was actually on a, a zoom meeting last night at this time where we installed the new uh, uh, noble grand and vice grand there was 14 people on the zoom meeting last night and that was just to, to watch their the two people get installed. Two of us on, on the call were past grandmasters who are both associate members of the lodge. So I'm not sure, I, I've been to your lodge out in uh, Victoria um, and it looks like you've got a pretty good thing going there. It looks like, it's, you know, with your Frisbee stuff you do and all the different things, uh, you've got a lot of things going. Unfortunately, lodges in Ontario are, are much older and um, we really got to kick into high gear and try to get people. And that's why I think I'm going to su suggest to Shiromi that she uh, look into Aurora Lodge. It is, like I said, a much younger lodge. Um, <laughs> Shiromi, yeah. are, do you feel like you can be a builder within this, uh, you know, like, do you think that that's something you'd like to take on is kind of getting into these lodges and sort of helping them build a younger demographic sort of you know basing it off kind of what we've done in victoria and you know really turn it around because you're in a position where you really could if you had yeah. the time yeah and, and i do have the time so i am interested like i i'm I, I don't i didn't realize how bad i would miss odd fellows until i left odd fellows three years ago and my husband was like you gotta find another odd fellows and i'm like i know because it's it was so important for me to give back to the community and to feel involved. And now that my daughter's graduated and she doesn't live with me anymore, thank God. I just joking, edit, edit that part out too. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I have time. So I, I do feel like I can be involved. I'm back in radio, Josh. Like, Amazing. It, you know, I, I've, I'm getting a bigger and bigger community. And I know that there's people out there that really would thrive off of something like this. Is it a lot of work? Yes, because I've done it and it's exhausting. Um, but if I could get a team of like five to 10 women 
or not women only like men mm -hmm. and women obviously like that would that would be such an amazing avenue to kind of do what we started at bastion so i miss it i miss it terribly i think if anybody can do it you can do it and oh my god you, josh <laughs> if you um you know if you if you put your you know head down as jerry would say what would he say billy his nose to the grindstone or his shoulder to the wheel? Shoulder to the wheel. That's if you right. put your shoulder to the wheel, Shiromi, I think you could leave a, an amazing legacy within the Ontario Odd Fellowship. And but if we'll anybody's out there listening and they have friends who live in Ontario, or if you live in Ontario and you're not a member yet, go and search out those lodges. You know, and let's get, let's get some yeah. younger people in there because we can, you know, I know and you know Shiromi and... I'm sure, Gene, you, you know that, you know, Odd Fellowship, not, it doesn't matter how old you are, who you are, or where you are, it really, really can help you. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. something, you know, and, and, you know, I would go through, you know, if I didn't have it for three years, you know, I, feel, I felt what you just said there, you know, it's like, you know, when you've, when you've seen it succeed and you've seen the community that it can build, and then you lose that. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah. So it's so of course, it makes you want to build it again, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's something so big to chew off. And it'd be from so much help from Gene and and Gene, I don't know what, how much work you would want to put into um, even just a building on Aurora or building on another, another lodge, uh, not starting from square one. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I miss it. I miss it terribly. I miss hanging out with the boys. I miss hanging out with the girls. I miss um, doing really fun events. And we threw some really amazing events and did and gave back so much money doing it. So it was, um, it was really amazing doing those things. I miss it. Well, that, that's exciting. I'm, ex I'm excited, actually, by, by your passion. I'd be willing to help you out, Shiromi. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, Gene. Okay. You've heard it right here on the Modern <laughs> Podcast, a turnaround, a possible extreme turnaround in the Ontario Odd Fellowship um, member pool. Um, we'll be checking in uh, daily. Billy, you got something you want to you um, <laughs> pull out here? I was going to ask Gene about being this associate member of multiple lodges. And, you know, like uh, Victoria's got three lodges that we just visit each other because we're in the same building. Um, so you can, you can go to six lodge meetings a month if you wanted to. So as an associate member, you know, can you give me kind of an education on, on how you see yourself as an associate member in one of these lodges that like, can you play a role as a builder or a supporter for something like Shromi's talking about if that lodge has a bud or, um, just something that's starting to grow a little bit associate. Tell me about it. Well, an associate, uh, well, you get an associate card, you, you pay, like I pay $10 to both lodges that I'm associate at. So when you're an associate lodge, you can um, do basically everything that a full member can, except for um, you can't really, uh, if the lodge were closed, you've got no say into where the, the money goes to. Uh, that's up to the full members. But uh, I've, I've held several offices in uh, both lodges where I'm an associate. The one I joined, as I said, they were getting down in members. They were starting to have trouble getting uh, quorum. And now they've like had 20 some odd people join in the last two to three years. So, and, and they've got a wide range. They've got, I think the youngest member, Megan, is 
either 19 or 20. And um, her brother Josh is in it as well. He's in his mid-20s. He's the, uh, the treasurer there. Their dad is the outgoing Noble Grand, and he's also the um, outgoing, um, he's the current district deputy grandmaster, but he'll be done this year. There'll be a second term. So you've got a whole family there that's involved. I, I'm going to just jump in. Yeah. So I've heard some things about associate memberships being, and I don't want to do too political of a statement here, but the, um, you know, you shouldn't grow your lodge with associate members you because they're not making the, the major decisions for you, like you point out, but they're able to hold positions. They're able to give you a, uh, and I guess a demonstration of strength if you're able to get a number of associate members that are making your meetings regularly. Would you agree with that? So you're asking, should the associate members be the ones that you mean make up uh, a complete, like make up the majority of the lodge? Is that your question? Nope. No, I'm saying if you're, if you go to a lodge and the lodge has uh, six members and they're having trouble, is there a, uh, I, I guess you still have the culture of the lodge that you want to be joining, but does having associate membership as an option uh, strengthen a lodge or is it just sort of a show piece that you go, well, there's these people here and they're not really uh, saying that much or contributing. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling on it because I'm not quite sure how is associate membership a pathway to making a difference for a lodge of six people. I guess that's my question. I, I think it can help in that. Uh, first of all, it, it helps uh, the lodge uh, at the time if they're having problems with quorum and then they can bring input into to help grow the lodge, like get new members. They may know people in that particular town, invite them out. There, there's many reasons why people become associates. And one is to help booster up a club's membership to, uh, to help make it stronger until they can rebuild. And that's sort of what happened when I, when I went to um, Aurora Lodge. Uh, There's a few of us joined to help out. And the next thing you know, after the, we had that open house, the floodgates open and, and it's sort of like that old Fabergé hair commercial. Um, he told, or she told somebody, and so on and so on. You know the one? Yeah, I told two friends, and she told two friends, and they told two friends. Right. Yeah. And so and it on, a bit and like so what, on. It sounds like what uh, Shromi might have done uh, in, in Victoria when she was there. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was a huge builder. Um, well, my take on associate members, Billy, this is what I get. Associate members are just like regular members, except they pay half the dues, and they don't have to be initiated. So basically, if you've been initiated into one um, lodge and you want to become an associate member, you pay to be a member. But you can do the same things that you would do as a full-fledged member. Is that not except true? For, except for yeah. the money part. The two lodges I'm an associate at, my dues are only $10 a year, whereas my um, dues at the other lodges, I think full membership. Well, I know full membership at the one lodge is $60. I'm not sure what the other one is. So sorry, Shromi, where did we? Oh, I had a question because there's tons of odd fellow buildings all around Toronto. These magnificent, like stunning buildings. Like where did all this real estate go? Like, why was it that it was just like, obviously it was sold or given back or like put into another lodge or whatever it is. But like, I see these buildings downtown and my husband and I are like, how is it possible that like every single building, these stunning buildings, that there's not one odd fellow group? Like it's like the church that I went into was a church that they rent, you know, like they didn't even have 
a proper Oddfellow building. Do you know? There's uh, a lot of this happened way before I joined. Right. Uh, and as I said, it all it all happened because they didn't bring new members in, and the membership died off, and um, it got to the point where they could no longer afford to um, to maintain the buildings. What maybe in Toronto pay the taxes, whatever. But what would happen is one lodge would close and amalgamate with another lodge. So that building would be sold. The money from that building would be invested in a GIC and the interest from the GICs then goes to the uh, lodge where the membership went to. Yeah, it's always sad when you see all these, um, these buildings. I think the Masons also have, uh, you know, an immense amount of um, buildings that might have been lost or yeah. uh, moved on. But, and again, Shiromi, uh, Victoria, we were so blessed, right? We are blessed to have this giant lodge hall and a beautiful facility that attracts new membership just by having the building, you know, yeah. but, but we are not, you know, there's a lot of lodges out there that do rent churches or do rent spaces and yeah. don't necessarily have those lodge halls that we do so no I was just surprised on how many lodges were around and none of them were being used that's all and I mean it, it the lodge that I went to was six people that were act, active like the in the building and there was many more but that couldn't make it so like I understood I understood that part for sure I was just wondering the uh, Aurora Lodge uh, has a beautiful lodge hall on Young Street the same Young Street that runs down to Toronto yeah. um they're, they're on Young Street, Young and Wellington in Aurora, and uh, got a beautiful lodge room. Uh, in the last few years, they've picked up some new furnishings from other lodges that have closed. Uh, they, they actually, they're, they own a, almost part of a block, and it's been designated a historic uh, heritage uh, building, too. Oh, wow. So, um, and Orangeville also owns their own lodge hall. We've got a, a really nice uh, lodge room, and then we've got a space down below that we can rent out to people. Unfortunately, Cambridge Lodge sold theirs years ago. They were an amalgamation of um, Galt, Hespler, Preston Lodges all closed and joined Cambridge and eventually they sold their lodge hall. And Guelph Lodge, when it closed, they joined Orangeville. Mm -hmm. So money from the sale of their hall went into a GIC and Orangeville gets interest from that GIC a couple of times a year, which you know helps maintain our lodge hall so what's going to turn it around is it's uh i know i know it's a custom question for every lodge but what do you see as a grand master well when i was uh, out touring the province we've got 19 jurisdictions at the time when i was grand master we had just under 100 lodges and uh, i suggested many things like i said okay you've got in ontario high school students have to do so many community hours so what I suggested was when you have an event, because you're an older lodge, doesn't mean you can't do things. You could approach the guidance counselors at the local high school and say, look, we will take your students, give them credits towards their community hours and have them help us. So you're helping the students get their community hours. At the same time, you're introducing them to odd fellowship and, and doing charitable stuff and giving back to their, to their uh, communities. That was one of my ideas. Great idea. That's an amazing and idea. Everybody's always saying, well, you know, the Grand Master preaches, we got to get new members, give us ideas. So when I went around, I gave them three or four different ideas of, 
of how to uh, recruit new members. And one, I used the Aurora Lodge as an example. I, I said, you know what? Have an open house with your local chamber of commerce or your um, uh, you know, local business association, whatever, and uh, invite the, the people in and tell them what Odd Fellowship's about. Because we're the best kept secrets in most communities that we're, we're in. Nobody knows what the Odd Fellows are. We, we don't brag about ourselves. We just go out quietly and do things. So another thing I started doing was um, they were kind of lax in, in sponsoring sports teams. So we now sponsor minor hockey, minor soccer, minor ball, girls field lacrosse. We donate to a local drop-in center. We donate to a local um, food bank, also to a soup kitchen that feeds people uh, every day at lunchtime. We donate money to them. We also donate to a breakfast program at a local school that's in a lower income area of town. And um, we tell people what we're doing now, as opposed to keeping it secret. We, we say, here's the odd fellows out, you know, doing stuff for the community. Uh, the problem is the way society has become, you've got, you know, houses are such an exorbitant price. Uh, people, both parents are working. A lot of kids are latchkey kids. The parents leave home you know, five, six o'clock in the morning because they can't afford a, a, a home close to where they work. So they're commuting an hour each way. By the time they get home, deal with kids, homework, meals, whatever, they're too tired to come out to a meeting. And that's part of the problem we're facing. You know, we're, we're competing with, um, with the fast paced world. Whereas years ago when Oddfellows was really at its peak, a lot of the, the uh, membership was made up of uh, farmers and and things like that that would, you know, they finished their work in the field and they'd, they'd come into the, the lodge hall quite often just wearing their farm clothes, but they were there and they were active. And uh, it's just, we're, we're not unique in this. Every group I talk to, whether it be the Rotary Club, the Lions, the Optimist, the Kinsmen, everybody's membership is suffering. And it's just the way our society has become. Yeah, it's true. It's, we're, we're, we're seeing that all around. Um, but obviously in pockets of our order we are seeing growth and we are seeing you know energy and members and i guess that was one of the questions too that we had was like why you know why aren't there lodges in big cities right why are there um lodges in suburbs or uh, neighboring towns and why are those flourishing and perhaps it's the the um the amount of transit Community. yeah the yeah the amount of commuting that needs to happen to get to meetings um sometimes having a strong small group within a neighborhood or a small town you know it works better than trying to get um people to come back downtown to toronto i can only imagine you know i know um within victoria you know it's such a small it's a small city that you know no, people have to walk 10 minutes <laughs> 15 minutes you know and obviously if it was an hour both ways, yeah, you'd see less members, that's for sure. So I was going to go down to some crazy trail here, trying to figure out, you know, kind of what it is in the big cities. And I, I was curious if it was that within the big cities, they already have service groups that are either cultural community centers um, or service groups. I, I mean, I just googled toronto culture groups in you know service communities and i came up with the the cross-cultural community service association which began as the toronto chinese community service association in 1973 which i imagine 
is providing all kinds of very localized programs and specialized based on their culture. But like if, if, if all we're saying and you guys are saying is that they're not in the city because the people aren't there or the people are commuting out, there's millions of people in the city. So there's got to be something that creates the nugget of, hey, we're helping, we're helping a group. And whether it's Odd Fellows partnering, I don't know, branching off of one of these other very small uh, cultural groups to sort of create their first lodge in, in an area. Maybe, it, maybe it's a tag teamy thing where um, Shiromi or somebody has this idea or there's, I don't know, piloting in somebody who's going to work with this very local group. I mean, you, you're doing, it sounds like you're doing the right things by putting your name, Oddfellow's name everywhere you can um, in sporting events. And, and maybe there's an opportunity with it, like putting it with a group that is already a social uh, focused association, something in town. I'm just spitballing and rambling here. I know in um, Ottawa, uh, they've got a pretty strong lodge there. And once again, they've got some new younger members that are real firecrackers. It just, uh, it, it's kind of hit and miss. You've got some really strong lodges and then you've got some that are barely hanging on. And uh, I wish I knew what the answer was because uh, I could be the, the savior of the odd fellows. But uh, unfortunately, you, you know, you see a couple of lodges fold every year and amalgamate with another lodge, you know, maybe half an hour down the road or something. Maybe at one time there was um, maybe way too many lodges uh, because back then when they started out in the 1800s, the only way around was by horse and buggy. So every little town had one. And, and then, uh, you know, we got uh, more civilized, I guess, whatever, modernized. And, and the world has just become a, a faster paced, uh, faster moving place. And uh, times have changed. I, I wish I had the answers. Yeah. So, Sherman, what are you seeing, like, professionally? Are you seeing, um, I mean, radio does a lot of charity work and so forth. Tons of charity work. I still do a ton of it. I, I'm, I'm, like, I had, um, and I already have ideas in my head. There's a, there's a food distributor that um, was like, hey, listen, can I please uh, give you cases and cases of food? Um, and you just drop them off at any any sort of homeless shelters or whatever you wanted to do. So then we called it the Z Deliveries because I work for Z103. So what the idea was is that people had to um, nominate whomever, like whatever soup kitchen or whatever. So we were able to drop off cases and cases. I was able to drop off nine cases of, um, it was called um, Just Soup. It was like, like his, his marketing was freaking genius. Um, and I could see something like that being attached to an odd fellows and then us doing, you know, like Josh and I did so many fun things like with the mustard seed and yeah. me being on, on like on location and just drawing people down. Like we had a lot of fun doing all that kind of stuff. Radio works really well with, uh, with non-for-profits. Yeah. So. And I hate to tell people what the answer is, but here's the answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> you get some people together and you have a party and you make money for charity and then you show everybody that the odd fellows is about having fun and doing good and that's how you sort of attract a younger crowd it takes one person to get a group together and you throw an event and you show that you're doing good but you're also having fun 
And you've got all this history and all this ritual and all this crazy fun stuff that's, that's attached to it. And that's how you build a lodge. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, you've got to have fun and you've got to do good. And those two together, who wouldn't want to do it? Or the people that don't want to do it, you don't want them, you know, but you do find those people who do and they, and then the wave comes and then you find more people. And I know you can do it, Sharomi. I know you can. And you know, <laughs> once the COVID's all done and I'm ready to fly out there and help out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I'm flying there tomorrow. Okay. Um, but you know what? It's, uh, it's, um, it, it's easier said than done because like, Josh, you were a part of this at Columbia too. And you guys were such a strong group of wonderful men that had lots of different, and like, I, I kind of feel like there, there's a middle ground here. So like with, with parents that have young kids, doesn't work. Um, not, not in the, the early terms. They can come to a meeting, they can come help fundraise, that kind of stuff is definitely open to them. But I feel like it's the middle age of kids going from like maybe grade nine and up and they have way more time on their hands. Their kids want to do stuff. Parents are starting to get their lives back. So they're, so, so they're finding some extra time and extra energy to put somewhere else. So um, events, yes, because like we did the masquerade ball. It was a hit. That was our first event. We loved it. Um, and it just drew more women because we decided Bastion was just going to be women because um, there was a male as well as a co-ed one already. So we were trying to fill that gap. And it, it worked. I mean, we invited like-minded people that wanted to, and all they did was get a glass of champagne at the top of the stairs and have a wicked DJ. And all they're doing by doing all of that is giving money back to the charity of our choice. Like I remember the one time that was absolutely amazing. It was the uh, poker tournament, Josh. And um, we gave back to a, actually a mutual friend of ours that passed away and someone gave her the check. Okay. So um, someone passed away and then we gave um, the, a mutual friend of ours um, the check and she came up to me and she was like, I had no idea this is what you did. And I was like, yeah, like we just have fun to like make sure that and this money was like Christmas, just before Christmas, it was the hardest time because it was a family that was totally devastated. And it was like, and she's like, well, what do I do with this? Like, do you guys need like a tab? And we're like, no, the money's yours. Do whatever you want to do with it. You know, take your kids on a trip if you want to. And she was like, okay. Like, <laughs> it, it, like being able to give back to the community without any strings attached. And like you said, Jean and Josh, we do it under the radar. Sometimes we tell people, sometimes we don't. It's not about recognition. It's about giving back to our community. And, and if that makes you feel good, I mean, that makes you feel good to be able to lift people up when they're down. Absolutely. It's not about recognition, but it is about promotion. And yes. you, I, I've known and we've seen over the last 10 years in Victoria that Oddfellows has become a different thing. You know, people are like, oh, the Oddfellows, we know what they do. We know what they do and we know what they've done and they're amazing. And that's just because we're not out there trying to say, oh, we're the best, but we're just going to, hey, we're getting out into the community and we're doing it as odd fellows. And um, Billy had a, had a great experience at this COVID car show that we had where they didn't go say, oh, go ask that volunteer over there. They said, you want to know what's happening? Go ask an odd fellow. Go ask the odd fellow over there. Like we're recognized in the community. We're not wearing the blue blazers, but we're known. This is an odd fellow event. The people who are organizing, they're odd fellows and they're doing a great job. So 
those are amazing moments, you know? And I think if people can recognize, you know, like the ton of love, I get it every year when we do our food bank delivery, where we actually get to be there. So we do all this fundraising, we buy all this fresh produce and we give out this food to, to people in need. And I get members who, who are new members who are doing this for the first time, just like thanking me and in tears saying, that was the most amazing thing I've ever done. And I really appreciate the vehicle to do that. And, you know, I didn't know that that's what I needed in my life before I did it. But when I did do it, you know, and I do need that and I want that and I want to spread that with other people. So, you know, there's, it's about being passionate and getting out there and, you know, you do have to find the right people at the right time in their life. We've talked about that before on the show as well about, you know, I refuse to, you know, if somebody wants to be an odd fellow and they got two, two kids under the age of three, I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not ready. It's not time for you soon. Or, you know, give me a call in five years, at least when both kids are in school, you know, we do have to find the right people at the right time in their lives. And the only way to do that is getting out in the community and meeting as many people as possible. So I can't wait to see what happens in the future in Ontario. Hopefully it's good. I know it's going to be good. It has to be good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you guys are the big province, man. You guys are, you guys got to do it for me. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. A hundred lodges. <laughs> like if you're the grandmaster and you got to go visit all the lodges in the, in your jurisdiction in one year, impossible. Well, actually what I do is I visit each district. So uh, now this year there's three of us serving as grandmaster. There's myself, the grandmaster that preceded me and the grandmaster that followed me because my deputy, uh, my, my grand warden uh, didn't follow through with uh, the office. He got to uh, the point where he's supposed to be installed as the deputy grandmaster and he had family issues and he couldn't continue on and we had nobody to take over. So the three of us, we call ourselves the three amigos. We're serving as grandmasters this year. So we've each got um, uh, six districts that we're doing. And then we're all doing uh, the one district, which is Etobicoke, uh, the district of Toronto. We're doing it together. That That's are doing cool. Grandmaster by committee. I like that. It's, I'll show you something here. I, I oh. got this thing. This is good radio. I'm going to show you. Okay. Can't wait to see it. I got this made up in Mexico. I know. Can you see that okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so got an F. Like a, is it a blanket? It's, it's a, a wall hanging. It's got Gene, Mark, Jim. Then it's oh, got friendship, friendship, love, and truth here. 2020, 2021. It's got the three of us with our hands up. Oh, cool. And we call That's ourselves the Three Amigos. So my my two counterparts haven't uh, haven't seen this. I got got them made when I was in Mexico. So that's their gift from me as Grandmaster well, to them. They still master. haven't seen it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> you should make a shirt <laughs> so you can uh, sell that, and that would be your fundraising. Uh, you know, because that's a, that's a pretty cool little uh, little emblem. Yeah, we've actually, uh, if you're interested, I've got pins for sale to raise money for five dollars each. Okay. I actually want to do, um, my husband's doing masks right now, um, face masks right now. And I want to get the uh, Columbia Lodges um, little logo on it and then have half of the money go towards some sort of, um, some sort of charity. I've, uh, I'm, I've got masks getting made too. I'm on the board of directors of the Oddfellows Home. You can see. There you go. Oh, cool. I'm the uh, chairman of the fundraising committee for the Oddfellows Home in Barrie, Ontario. 
Ontario, Ontario, you know, it's, we've got a, if, if we've got 1300 members, man, we got to say, we got to hear from you guys. We need 1300 people on this podcast next week. Let's get it in Ontario. Come on now, get out, listen to the modern goat rider and you'll feel the FST and you're going to just want to move. There you right. go. This has been great guys. Uh, thanks very much. Um, did we miss anything we should catch up on or is there anything other than f keeping everybody together, trying to wish Shiromi into a wonderful, uh, vibrant lodge? Yeah. Uh, so there was no transfer. Uh, in our intro, we had talked about how uh, properly transferring oh, from yeah. one lodge to another. I don't know. I, th I thought we were talking about where have all the odd fellows gone in Toronto. So, yeah, well, that was part of it, part of it. But in my <laughs> intro, I thought that you had transferred into a lodge. So I was like, okay, no. we're going to find out how you do that. Uh, no, no, I was, I'm looking still. Right. So, you know, do you, have you felt uh, it, when you find one that you're winning in transfer into, do you know how the process is going to go? No, I have no idea. Gene will probably be able to help me through that for sure. Um, but yeah. no, I have no, I have no idea. I have to find a lodge first, right? And I've got to find a lodge that's not too far away from me because um, I've got two jobs. Like, you know, I, I, I want to be able to give back to the community, but I'm, I'm also not going to. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to commute an hour each way. Preach. <laughs> Gene, how do you transfer from a lodge? Is it a, is it a, a hard process? No, you, uh, you get your secretary to fill out a form and they send the paperwork into the, uh, the grand lodge and then the grand lodge, um, just, uh, transfers you over and <laughs> put, sends uh, a notification to the new lodge. So in this and, case, uh, the secretary of Bastion Four would fill out a form and send it to the Grand Lodge of Ontario. Yes, and then the Grand Lodge would um, um, forward it through to whatever lodge that Shromi was going to. And that's how it happens, right? Like yeah. that. Yeah, that's how you transfer. Okay. And our, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, though, if you can get uh, Shromi in an Oddfellow Lodge, she's, you know, she's got all the potential, not only the energy and the skill and the grace and the knowledge, but she has the voice on radio that you need to promote whatever you need to promote. So I'm not uh, on radio. You Josh. are. What's that? <laughs> I'm not on radio. I know you're not on radio, but you're in radio. Okay. True know? story. True story. Yeah. Yeah. You've got some, you've got, you got the pull and, mm -hmm. uh, and the power. And it's been such a pleasure to see you. And I'm glad we did it on Zoom. Because it's nice to see your face because I miss you. I miss you too. And Jean, um, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. And I really appreciate all the hard work you're putting in um, in Ontario. And let us know on the Modern Goat Rider if there's anything we can do to help out. Um, if there's any uh, information you need us to send out, um, obviously we'll keep pu pumping it. People in Ontario, if you're listening to this, can we get in touch with Jean? Uh, would to get in touch with you or with the Grand Lodge of Ontario, what's the best way to do that? Just, uh, well, look for me on Facebook, I guess. Gene Dopp. That's D-O-P-P. -P. Yep. Just uh, look for me on online and um, and send me a message, and the rest uh, I'll help you with. <laughs> um, did we want to talk about our, our friend who messaged us, Billy? Yeah, so uh, we did. Gene and I talked earlier, and we oh, um, are going to uh, connect our new friend, Jeff, who's in Brantford. Uh, he is going to connect with Gene, 
and Gene has some great ideas for which lodge would uh, suit, um, you know, his activity and uh, or his interest level. And so, yeah, it's a great way to reach out to us. Just uh, ping us at info at Modern Goat Rider, or you can uh, reach us on our Facebook group. And we, I just learned that um, Jeff, Jeff's grandfather was a 50-year member, a 50-year member of uh, Embro Rising Star Lodge 229. So this is, uh, you know, so this is some serious, uh, does that make sense? Have you, have, Gene, have you ever heard of that lodge? How do you spell the first? E-M-B-R-O? Yeah, Embro. Yeah, Embro, it doesn't exist anymore, but... Mm -hmm. uh, it's a place. <laughs> okay, good to know. So that's probably, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he said that his grandfather was a 50-year member, and he still got the 50-year, or his dad still got the 50-year pin, and his aunt was a 60-year member. Wow. it's <laughs> crazy. So I told him, he's got a legacy that he needs to continue. And uh, I, I think I'm going to hook him up with um, the district deputy in Brantford. Great. Great. That's really important. We really want to make sure those connections happen because when you got a live one, when you got one that wants to join, you got to yeah. all over them, right? That's right. My uh, my oldest son is the noble grand in my lodge. Amazing. Yeah. Shiromi, do you ever hope that your daughter becomes an odd fellow at one point? Uh, well, she's uh, she's going to school to help children, so early child education. Yeah. <laughs> So good start, good start, good start, good start. Yeah, no, she's really giving. So um, I can definitely, I used to, I used to get her to do a bunch of my setups for my events. <laughs> well, you got to teach them early, right? Right. That's right. So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. And uh, again, I just want to let you know um, both how much I appreciate you being on the show and everything that you're doing. And um, yeah, just uh, keep us in, in the loop. We want to know about what's going on with you guys. This can be a continuing arc within uh, the goat uh, rider land, or I'm calling it goat land now. Um, uh, in go all those people out in goat land really will want to know uh, what, um, <laughs> what happens in Ontario. And I, I'm excited about what's going to happen in Ontario. So um, yeah, let us know, keep in touch. And um, uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks a lot, guys. Sounds good. Bye, boys. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Gene Dopp and Sharomi Silva for joining us. Please email us at info at moderngoatrider.com or check us out online at moderngoatrider.com or even leave us a review where you downloaded this podcast. Josh and I will be back again soon with another episode making more Oddfellows discoveries and seeing the Oddfellowship all around us. Cheers, NFLT.